You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. P.J. Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside with Ken Barkley here on You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is the first day of March. The madness is here. Ken and I doing some locatology as we will continue previewing Big Bong Bay in a moment. A reminder, though, that we are on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. And we're also on the Odyssey app. You can listen to us for free as well. Uh, Ken, just one more note on Alabama too. So I think people can get truly an idea of how good this offense has been. Uh, Looking again at Ken Palm, their adjusted offensive rating is 128.2. Since 1999, there have only been three teams whose offense adjusted numbers have been 127.1 or higher. Now it's worth noting Purdue's 126 and a half, Illinois's 125.8 and Connecticut's 125.6. So all there all of them are right there too. Bama's the only one currently over 127.1. Can only three teams have done that since 99? Duke in 99, Wisconsin in 2015, Villanova in 2018. What do all three of those teams have in common? They all made it to the national championship game. However, all those teams also played defense. Duke was ranked third, Wisconsin was 35th, and Villanova was 11th and won the national title. So once again, Alabama, historically good offense. Really, really good. Don't play any kind of defense. So uh, we'll see what happens. I think their defensive metric is just going to continue to go up and up. I don't see it changing anytime soon. But it uh, it it is kind of fascinating. Any any reason like why you think maybe last year that Miami team was able to have success because they were such a good offense and such a bad defense? Does it just speak again to what you were saying earlier about kind of anyone can win four, but it's impossible to win six? Is it just kind of one of those years for the Canes, you think, last year? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, they did have a couple things going for them. Like I, I spend a lot of time talking about what I didn't like about them. But if you're like, well, I'll buy them and not other teams – it was some combination of like path, good fortune. Um, they could not make a shot whatsoever in their opening round of game. Who did they have? Drake, I think, in the Drake. first round. Yep. And that yep. was like their clunker offensive game. But Drake was so yeah. bad, they couldn't take advantage of it. So he kind of like caught a break. Like, when do you have your game where you can't shoot and you can't defend? So like what happens in that game? Usually you're out. Like you have a game like that. They just happen to draw a team who also had a really bad offensive game. Again, like there's going to be a luck component to all of this. And then again, like, all right, like how did they make the final four? Well, in the regional final, they were down 10 to Texas with like five minutes left and ended up coming back to win the game. So like, it's just going to happen. Sometimes you're going to win four. Sure. And if people are, people are, and I think 
you know, some people like to use that as like a weapon to be like, well, everything you say is stupid then, because look at what happened in Miami made it like, there's always going to be one or two or three. Like, it's just, it's, it's more just what more can you learn about how this works and what tends to happen? And then can you try to make smart decisions based on what tends to happen? And this is your point about Alabama too. So I think what would be fun for me uh, and Mike, why don't you put the bracket back up on the screen too? This will be helpful for PJ and Fry. So if we, let's say we get this draw. So this would be a great example of like application of a, of a concept. So like we can talk about the concept all we want, but like, what would you do about it? So we, we both think Alabama is like a potential or like early exit hot like a high seeded team like a team where I, I always try to say it as like i'm looking for a way to get them out of the tournament as fast right. as possible in a reasonable way <laughs> and maybe that's like they get to halftime against vermont and it's just not working and you take you play vermont in the second half because you've seen enough and that's the exit point vermont's the 14 in this hypothetical exercise the team like let's say this is the draw and for people that are just listening i'll just read the bottom half again wazoo against the winner of providence gonzaga and a play-in alabama vermont Texas Tech, Nevada, Tennessee, Moorhead State. Not an inspiring bottom half of a bracket. And I admit that like Tennessee and Alabama wouldn't be seated together like this, but like you could throw in another two. There's a lot of uninspiring twos you could put in that spot mm -hmm. and it would be the same analysis. The really remarkable thing is when I first looked at this and I actually like tried to play it out this time, like what would I do? Who would I advance? Like what would I, if this was actually the region, who would win it? UConn would be my winner, but like, who would they play in the regional final? Would something crazy happen in the bottom half? The team that I actually think would be way live in this setup is Gonzaga. I actually think this is the perfect Gonzaga setup because, like, they get Rick Barnes is there, too. They get the three yep. that we're trying to get out as fast as possible. And they get, like, a six that is playing really well, but from a talent standpoint is very not intimidating and also has no tournament experience. And, yeah, like, Wazoo's... A, an awesome story and i actually bet on them a bunch in the nit i think it was last year and so like i i'm like i know what they are but like gonzaga can hang in all those games and Gonzaga's not even good this year and they can hang in all those games so there's there it's sort of a remarkable mike's, mike's advancing vermont against alabama which is really funny on the screen uh but like mike you, i promise you don't have to actually advance what we're talking about you can just like you can leave them blank it's totally cool but uh because we're just doing going to do all the hypotheticals here but i think you know, like play it out. All right, like Gonzaga plays Providence in a in a play-in game. Obviously, they could beat Providence. Not that they would, but like it's a very winnable game. The point spread against Wazoo would probably actually like. Let me tell you what I would make that right now. So Gonzaga Wazoo would be Gonzaga three in the six eleven, probably something like that. Yeah. Um. Okay, Gonzaga like not a likely winner, but again, another really winnable game. Then like play it out like maybe Alabama's gonna get by Vermont a lot of time just because they're Vermont and Vermont is like they make the tournament all the time when they run into teams like this it just doesn't go great a lot they just can't hang because of the way the teams are put together so Alabama maybe gets by that game I I'd be playing Gonzaga like at any reasonable normal projected number against Alabama in some kind of second like that I would view that as an opportunity here's Mark Few who is an outstanding early tournament coach, like first couple rounds of the tournament, especially with these underseated teams is excellent. And he is being given an opportunity to play a team that cannot defend whatsoever. The market for the game would be really interesting. Alabama would probably be like four and a half or something like that. And I, that would be like, great. That's my opportunity to try to get Alabama out of this tournament. Like they would run into a team like that. If they ran into not anybody like that, it might go until they play UConn or it might go until they play the two. It wouldn't be Tennessee. It would be somebody else. 
I just I I don't try to just bet against the team blindly every round. I guess I should say, although that could probably work too. You'll catch some upsets that way. I try to at least figure out what like how do I want to get this team out that makes any sense that I can actually support with like rational reasoning, other than just like Vermont money line for my lungs, like just because Alabama stinks. Like you're trying to figure out a way to get them out. This the, Gonzaga should pray they get this kind of a setup because this is actually a yeah. way they could make a regional final and lose to a team like UConn. I think it's a great point about the Zags. Um, you bring up Mark Few and what a great early round tournament coach he is. Ken, they've made eight straight Sweet Sixteens. Like we don't talk about that. They made eight and not straight always a one either. Like no. there's some other there's some other ones in there that you're like where you're like wait that oh that team that like won a play in game or won you know an early six eleven and uh, you know yep. there's a ton of historical examples one in eight nine like they just. He'll at least get you a couple, even if the team stinks. This team's not good. Yep. This team's not making the final four. They're not going to win anything. But like, as a as a team, you would want to back in small spread games against teams you hate. Like, I'll take Gonzaga as like the team to go to war with against Alabama and Kentucky and some of these other teams that I'm dying to be against. I'll take Gonzaga in those every time. Well, Providence, too, is a team that I can't wait to fade. If they do make it into the tournament, they're going to be without their best player, Bryce Hopkins, who's out for the year. you got to give him a lot of credit for still, I mean, being on the bubble, but they're, they're going to be without their best player. And if they're going up against the Zags, I just don't think that's going to be a good matchup for them. Washington State, I think everything you said is so spot on. To me, they are the West Coast, South Carolina. They're a team that's having a great year. They're probably going to be a six seed, and they just don't have the talent that kind of like – reflects their record and their conference record, but they're having a great season. I think those teams are, are both comparable and both teams that I'm looking to fade. Washington State, if they were to get past Gonzaga, though, however, would be the kind of team that would give Bama fits. Like, I think the winner of Gonzaga and Washington State would, would beat Bama. I think that'd be a bad matchup for Bama. Oates' teams kind of tend to struggle against teams, especially Washington State. Gonzaga obviously plays at a faster pace, but Teams that can slow it down against Bama, make it a half-court game, especially nights that they're not hitting their threes, that, uh, that, that would be a recipe for disaster. Washington State's also a tall team. They got length. They're athletic. And Bama is missing a lot of interior presence on defense. You know, I think a lot of people, can when they think about Gonzaga this year, obviously they're, they're in a, you know, in a play-in tournament type spot. They're not one of the top teams in the country. Everybody just assumes like they've sucked this year. I mean, you look at their losses, like in the non-conference, they lost to Purdue right out in Maui, beat Syracuse and UCLA, beat USC on a neutral floor, lost at Washington in Seattle, lost to UConn on a neutral floor as well in Seattle, lost to San Diego State, all really, really good teams. Then they lost to St. Mary's at home by two, and uh, they lost to Santa Clara on the road by one. Blew out um, San Francisco last night at Oracle Arena where the uh, or the Chase Center where the Warriors play. They won at Rupp Arena a couple weeks ago, and they get their revenge game with St. Mary's tomorrow. So you're right about uh, you're right about Gonzaga. They found something too in their big man Graham Ike. He scored 20 plus points in six straight games. We know Mark Few. Loves having dominant big man. Obviously, Drew Timmy. And, uh, I mean, you can just go down the list with Robert Sacre and um, Zach Collins and Rui Hachimura, all these guys that he's had. Um, so he's got another good one in EK. I like Gonzaga as an underdog, too. There's something about these teams that are, like, consistently we think of them as, like, ones and two seeds when they kind of, like, are getting disrespected and they're an underdog. Um I kind of think that's when they could be at their most dangerous. I want to get your thoughts on Tennessee, too. I know we only have a minute until sure. we get to break. 
Ken, doesn't it feel like Tennessee is starting to become a very trendy pick? Like, don't you feel like you listen to a lot of things, you read a lot of things, and it's so funny to me how you think about Purdue and kind of how people view them in Painter, and most people are kind of afraid of them because of that. And then all of a sudden, we get to Tennessee, and I'm kind of falling into this trap too, and it looks like it's the same team, but because they have a different feel with Dalton Connect and they're scoring, it's like we almost just throw away the Rick Barnes thing. And like that's the reason we're terrified. So I'm interested to get your thoughts on that. If you're starting to feel like Tennessee is is a trendy pick and uh, if we're just completely throwing out the whole Rick Barnes thing as Tennessee is a two seed, could certainly be a one seed with a win in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. We'll talk about that on the other side of the break, kicking off hour two, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM, PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside with Ken Barkley here on a Friday. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.